And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. So we take a look at news headlines in agriculture. The American Farm Bureau Federation and 17 other organizations are challenging the new waters of the U.S. rule in a lawsuit. American Farm Bureau Federation Deputy General Counsel Travis Cushman says the new WOTUS rule once again gives the federal government sweeping authority over private lands. So the EPA just came out with another rule which doubles down on the significant excess test, which is this unworkable test for jurisdiction of when the federal government regulates farms and ranches. And so we fought our lawsuit to stop it. Cushman says the new rule is vague and creates uncertainty for agriculture. We think that a farmer and a rancher should not have to hire a team of lawyers and consultants to figure out what they can and cannot farm on their land. This rule doubles down on that, and we simply want to respect the limits of the Clean Water Act and what a farmer can and can't do on their land. The new rule comes as AFBF and others await a pending decision from the Supreme Court in the case Sackett versus EPA related to a former version of the rule. It highlights how insane it is that EPA is going through with this rulemaking now. That decision, which could come out at any time now, will likely delineate the scope of what the Clean Water Act is. For the EPA to try to jump the gun here and do something before the Supreme Court says what the proper limit is makes no sense, and it creates more confusion in an area that has already been with confusion for the past 10, 20 years now. Again, that's American Farm Bureau Federation Deputy General Counsel Travis Cushman. Now, another one of the groups that is involved in the lawsuit is the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. As we see that NCBA's Mary Thomas Hart, their chief counsel, says the Biden rule does exempt some farm features like drainage ditches, stock ponds, and prior converted farmland, but not those like streams that only flow when it rains. But why a lawsuit now when the Supreme Court may narrow the definition of WOTUS when it rules in the Sackett versus EPA case in a few months? Here's what Mary Thomas Hart has to say. One of the biggest reasons we filed the lawsuit is to hold off implementation of the rule until we hear back from the Supreme Court. You know, halt the rule until we're able to argue the merits of the case. And then obviously we'll fight to get the rule vacated permanently. Over 1,700 cattle producers last year sent messages to the EPA opposing the agency's sweeping definition of WOTUS, but Hart claims EPA didn't listen. Producers across the country are going to be required to spend a lot of money to figure out if they need additional permits, if they're going to be subject to enforcement. That is is not at all what, what farmers and ranchers need to, to have to spend their money on. Now, also non-agriculture groups in the lawsuit include the American Petroleum Institute, the Associated General Contractors of America, and many others. American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval issued a statement as well that the new WOTUS rule again gives the federal government sweeping authority over private lands and creates uncertainty for farmers, even if they're miles from the nearest navigable water. It'll be interesting to watch how this all unfolds in the weeks and months ahead. We'll also news out on Friday, CHS Incorporated going to begin construction this spring on a new grain shuttle facility in southeast South Dakota, a strategic location in its Pacific Northwest corridor. Rick Dusick, executive vice president of CHS Ag Retail Operations, says, quote, we continue to reinvest in projects that bring even more value to our owners while expanding customer-focused retail solutions for area farmers. Our continued focus is on making investments on behalf of our farmer owners that will strengthen rural America and help meet the growing demand for agricultural products and services. The new facility will include industry-leading technology and the latest safety features in the new 1.1 million bushel grain facility. It will be built near the inner 
intersection of Interstate 29 and State Highway 44 in southeast South Dakota and tie into an existing rail loop currently used for CHS agronomy operations. The facility will feature fast and efficient, receiving and loadout capabilities to bring area farmers even more market access in the Pacific Northwest Grain Corridor and other important markets. The new facility will create a safer environment for employees as well farmers and community members through cleaner operating conditions and updated equipment with enhanced safety features. Again, CHS going to build a new grain shuttle facility near Sioux Falls coming up here this spring. Well, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association President-elect Todd Wilkinson released a statement on the USDA's proposed rule on electronic identification for transporting cattle over state lines. He said, quote, as USDA has worked toward a nationally significant traceability program, NCBA has engaged with industry stakeholders in USDA to ensure that cattle producers are represented and protected. Any program must allow maximum flexibility and privacy while minimizing costs for producers and any industry disruptions, end quote. Now, Wilkinson also chairs the NCBA Traceability Working Group, added, quote, NCBA is committed to working with USDA to ensure workable solutions are identified and implemented, end quote. Now, NCBA says foot and mouth disease outbreaks around the world continue to result in disruptions to commerce and depopulate livestock, and that means immediate action is needed. They say the um, cattle producers can be confident that any finished product will protect the nation's livestock herd. The NCBA is continuing to review the proposed rule in its entirety. Farm lending activity continued to gradually increase along with further growth in loan sizes. The Kansas City Federal Reserve says the average size of non-real estate farm loans was about 20% higher than a year ago, and that drove an increase in lending volumes for the fourth straight quarter. Average interest rates on farm loans rose sharply alongside higher benchmark rates and reached a 10-year high, putting additional upward pressure on financing costs. The outlook for farm finances remained favorable alongside elevated commodity prices, but Increased interest rates, challenging weather, and high production costs remain key concerns. Higher expenses contributed to a rebound in lending last year, but strong income and liquidity likely limited the financing needs of many producers. Looking ahead, elevated operating expenses could put additional upward pressure on loan demand. Lending activity was 7% higher than last year. Production expenses have also increased by 15% since 2020. And also here on American Ag Today, like other production costs in U.S. agriculture, cash rents have climbed in the last several years. Randy Dickhood is a farmland expert with Agricultural Economic Insights, and he says cash rents usually lag behind other costs of production. Cash rents usually lag somewhat because it makes sense that there's always uncertainty about how good the year is going to be for the farmer, whether grain price, yield, and cost inputs. And it takes a while to catch up. So you kind of predict, they negotiate the rent in the fall or early winter. You don't know exactly what's going to happen the next fall when the combines roll on the field and they run it across the scales. Now, Dick Hoot says that strong commodity prices are pressuring cash rents higher in some areas of rural America. He says cash rents in the next couple of years are going to depend on yields. If yields are strong, rents will continue to go higher. If yields aren't good, that will ease the pressure. Cash rents usually lag somewhat because it makes sense that there's always uncertainty about how good the year is going to be for the farmer, whether grain price, yield, and cost inputs. And it takes a while to catch up. So you kind of predict, they negotiate the rent in the fall or early winter. You don't know exactly what's going to happen the next fall when the combines roll on the field and they run it across the scales. You can find more information online at aei.ag. That's going to do it for this episode of American Ag Today. Produced 
produced by the American Ag Network. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.